And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts. We travel to understand what things the Lord requires of us that we might learn and apply God's timeless truths into our lives. First, let's get on board. There is a wisdom to the scriptures teaching us in the book of Acts about the church's persecution. It spread the gospel. God's sovereignty sometimes calls for persecution. How did the early church respond to this trial? They prayed. Prayer opens up partnerships with God. Next, here's a radically cool example of how the early church functioned in prayer. We all know the model that Jesus laid out in the Sermon on the Mount. It serves us well. And here's another gracelet for us to use in prayer. The early church prayed using God's words back to God. Lord, you said, so therefore... It's not manipulation when you're standing on God's declaration. And finally, through God and by the name of Jesus, that the supernatural power reaches into the natural realm. The disciples asked for God's help. They asked for a yes. It only takes a yes from God to alter the circumstances, the difficulties, or even the universe. And guess what? People are the vessels of his compassion. So let's just say that when God answers prayers, as we'll see in the book of Acts, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. Get it? David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanity is annoying. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Remember John 3.30? He must increase, but I must decrease. So then you got david at hemustincrease.org. See, that makes it easy for people to remember. Text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or call us at 972-445-0770. Now, sometimes they say the 445 part really too fast. So 972 
four four five zero seven seven zero when you make that phone call captain chris will answer the phone and you know that you will be sailing in the right direction for our show it's pretty straightforward any topic is open for conversation if you got a comment a thought a question if you have a prayer request or a praise report perhaps you have an answer to trivia how about this one what was the name of the centurion to whom Peter in the book of Acts preached? What was the name of the centurion to whom Peter in the book of Acts preached? What was the centurion's name? If you think you know the answer, you are welcome to reach out to us. You can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. And then you can also send an email at david at hemustincrease.org. I am uh, excited to tell you a couple of things. I just want to keep you in the loop. We are creating a new website. I did have Captain Chris take a peek at it, and uh, you thought it was uh, okay looking. It wasn't too yeah, bad. Pretty nice. Pretty nice uh, website, and I didn't even pay him to say that. I'll bill you later. Yeah, I know. All right, so how we'll do that is uh, we will turn that uh, website over. We want to thank some of the people that pointed out your your website needs a little work. Like, yes, it does, you know, and yes, it did or it does kind of look like it came from a conspiracy theorist person. But that's not the point. The point is we're changing it, and you don't worry about what it was. You worry about, you know, you don't worry about anything. You just move forward. You don't say if only. You say next time. That's how you approach it, okay? So we've got that covered. We've got that taken care of. We're going to get into the Book of Acts. Don't uh, hesitate to check out the website as it is, though. Uh, we'll give you the the big push later, but don't forget to go to hemustincrease.org. Uh, in the meantime, cover that, cover that, cover that. Uh, we will be, I'm telling you now, because Thanksgiving is coming up next week, so I'm sure we're going to be doing a replay on Thanksgiving Day, even though my, my wife is working on Thanksgiving Day. You're not coming in? Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. And maybe not on Friday. I'm just telling you now ahead of time. Okay. Uh, and uh, I think on Wednesday I'll be doing the Thanksgiving dynamic because it just seems like it's an appropriate thing to talk about Thanksgiving. And for those that are going to complain about it, see, you're the one who needs the message the most. <laughs> see how that works? That's, that's what's so great about that. Uh, all right. Uh, let's do our expository sound, and then we'll get into the teaching. Wow. <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! Alright, before we jump into the teaching, last time on the trivia, who what was the name? I was close. What was the name of the centurion to whom Peter in the book of Acts preached? What was that guy's name? You think you know? Reach out to us either by email, by uh, you can call nine seven two four four five. 0770. You can text 214-210-8483. Let's get into the text. A wonderful text indeed it is. We are in Acts. We are in chapter 4, and we are at verse 23. I guess we'll do the build-up uh, if you remember, and you'll understand why when I when I get to this point here. Uh, verse 19 of that same chapter, Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. And when they further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because the people, because of all the people, since they all uh, they all glorified God for what had been done for the man on whom 
the miracle was done was 40 years old and who had been the recipient of the miracle. All right, verse 23. Boy, I really botched up that intro, didn't I? That's just terrible. All right. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them and all that is in them. So what happened was they all they did was they ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit to this individual who had never walked before. The guy had walked. Word had spread. They arrested these guys. They held them captive, so to speak. They told them, you cannot speak in the name of Jesus. And if you do, we're going to do something really bad. Okay? And then there was nobody in there in that area that didn't know what was going on. They were intimidating Peter and John not to speak about Jesus or talk or share about the miracle. Now, you can come up with a lot of different things, but here's what happened. They did the kingdom work, and the powers that be got mad, and they persecuted them. And so when it says they went to their own, they probably went back to that upper room. And what you have to catch in this is that God was the one that directed this process. This wasn't Peter and John orchestrating this. This is God orchestrating this. God orchestrating that they're testifying in front of the powers that be. And I know that people don't want to hear it because they love the prosperity side of things. And I think it's great when God blesses people. And I'm a believer in Proverbs 10.22. You know, it says, The Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it, which is God's way of saying, I will bless you and not drop the other shoe so you don't get blessed and go, Well, when's the other shoe going to drop? That's just a wrong attitude. But let's be mature Christians. God's sovereignty sometimes calls for persecution. And you, you might think, well, I don't like that. And here's our most famous word in response to what people don't like. Tough. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, I don't like that. Too bad. That's how God set it up. And, and you think, well, that's just arrogant. Well, tell it to God. I'm not, it's not my book. I didn't write it. I'm reading it. I can barely do that, let alone anything else. God's sovereignty sometimes calls for persecution. Just deal with it. It's all through the book of Acts. There's no way getting around it. But will you please look at what persecution led to? Being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. I mean, they were they were jumped on. They were threatened. That's what the scripture says, that they threatened them. Then verse uh, 17, they threatened them. And what did they do in response to that? Verse 24, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. They prayed. Instead of taking out an ad in a newspaper telling everybody how bad everything is <laughs> or what's going to be or whatever, you know what they did? They asked for God's help. When they were under the gun, they sought the Lord. And if and when you are under the gun and there is persecution that comes your way, you know what you should do? Pray. 
like the early church showed us how. Okay, uh, on trivia, we want to give you the answer for trivia. His name was Cornelius. That is the name of the centurion who Peter preached to. We're going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. Are you sitting there at home on your computer? Are you driving along in your car just listening to the radio? Is that app for this station working for you? Don't you wish you could reach people for your business? Introducing the commercial whammy. It slices, it dices, it cleans up dirty spots, lickety split, and makes julienne fries. And right now, for a tremendous discount, you can have a commercial whammy too. All you need to do is call KAAM or send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and bam! You have your own commercial whammy before you know it. Call now and you can get a second commercial whammy for half the price. That's right. Call now for your very own commercial whammy. 972-445-1700 or email davidspoonmedia at gmail.com. Don't delay. Call today. Operators are standing by. What is the David Spoon experience? Bibles are very cool looking. You can have them electronically. You can have them in your phone. You have them in your computer. There's tons of apps. There's also cool looking book Bibles. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. It's great. Here's the bottom line. All that's fancy and fantastic and useless if you don't read it and believe it and process it. For those that are trying to figure out, uh, first of all, well, why is it that the Bible is uh, its own unique enemy? What's the deal in that? Well, the same breath that went into creating Adam, which was creating creation of man, that same breath went into the Bible. And so 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed. That's the breath of God. And the breath of God that went into Adam is the breath of God that goes into the book, which is why this is a unique book. And then people are get they get really upset and they go, Well, hold on now. Hold on now, Dave. The the, the problem there is, you know, that that there's just so many people that have been a part of uh, writing the Bible. In fact, there's about 40 authors spanning about 3,000 years in all different types of positions in life. But here's the great thing about Christian faith. If you believe that God created the universe, you're going to step out on that big ledge and go, well, if he created the universe, he can probably write a book. Well, the amazing part about the book itself is not just the self-proclamations of the book, but you get into the prophecies, and it's an amazing, amazing element that every single prophecy has been fulfilled exactly, and yet there are some to come, and we will see those fulfilled. But while you're engaging in the Word of God, here's something you need to be aware of that Christians do not recognize, that that word where it says, for the Word of God is alive, is zone in the Greek. If we were doing a Greek word, that'd be zone. And that word means alive, to live. Jesus used that word in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, where he says, Behold, I am alive, and I live forevermore. Same word. And the word of God is alive. And you think, well, this is just a book. It is just a book, except for when you're reading the word of God and the Holy Spirit connects you to the word of God, it becomes something altogether different. And if you can't shout sight, you'll have to face a penalty. 
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our next trivia question. We keep them real. That's what we do. Real trivia. Really. Philip preached to an Ethiopian eunuch on the road to Gaza. What was this Ethiopian's employment? What did he do for a living? There's another one that we're asking about, what they did for a living. Philip preached to an Ethiopian eunuch on the road to Gaza. What was this Ethiopian's employment? That's the question. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. What occupation did the Ethiopian, who Philip talked to, what occupation did he have? Uh, in the meantime, we have a soft joke. Now, what's a soft joke, right? You want to know what a soft joke is? It's kind of funny. It's not like bitingly funny. It's more like cutesy. Is that so? So the standards for its buzzing are a lot, you know, uh, higher to buzz. You gotta like you know, be more merciful. You like how I set that up? That was pretty good. <laughs> Chris, just he knows. All right, here you go. You ready? Okay, here we go. There was this little boy who was scared of the dark. One evening, his mother asked him to go out onto the back porch and bring her the broom. The little boy said, Mama, please don't make me go out there. It's dark, and you know I'm scared of the dark. His mother smiled at him and said reassuringly, There's no need to be afraid of the dark. Jesus is out there. And he'll look after you and protect you. The little boy seemed unsure and said, Are you sure that Jesus is out there? The mother said, Yes, I'm sure. Jesus is everywhere, and he's always there and ready to help when you're in need. The boy thought for a moment, then went to the back door and opened it just a little tiny bit. He looked out into the darkness and called out, Jesus, if you're out there, Please pass me the broom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. So it's a soft joke, so I got a, a partial laugh. Okay. All right. That's pretty funny, Chris. <laughs> Please pass me the broom. Okay. All right, let's get, we're getting ready to get back in the text. I love this. This might be my favorite teaching in, like, ages gone by. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Philip preached to an Ethiopian eunuch on the road to Gaza. What was the Ethiopian's employment? What do? What do you do? What do you do? Nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero is the number to call to text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three or send an email david at he must increase dot org. Here is the next section, and man, is this a wealth of information. Back it up from verse twenty three in Acts four. So being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, 
you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, and who by the mouth of your servant David has said, I want you to stop there, right as they got through the persecution process, they go back to their companions, they go back to the people they're hanging out with, totally awesome, they tell them what happened, their response to the persecution is prayer, they're of one mind, nobody's thinking anybody's more brilliant or better theologically than anybody else, they're on a mission, the mission is to testify to Jesus Christ, and for those that become Christians, to help them become more like Jesus, step by step, forward they go, they join together in prayer, and they do this thing that's done in the Old Testament, but it's—and and remember, Jesus modeled prayer in, in, in Matthew 6. There's the model of prayer, the Sermon on the Mount. He gives you a model. Pray in this manner, he said. So that's the method, the methodology. Use this kind of system. Use these uh, bones for, for a skeleton and then kind of fill in the blanks. And look how the disciples prayed. Verse 25 in Acts 4, "...who by the mouth of your servant David has said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and their rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly your holy servant Jesus..." I want you to just stop right there. "...they're talking to God." What is it that they bring up to God? They bring up to God the written word in the Old Testament. You know, you wrote. Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? Psalm 2. Why, and, and kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, against his Christ, which in, the, in the, a lot of the King James Bible will say against his anointed. Here's the bottom line. So he's Psalm 2 making a reference back, right? And so in Psalm 2, they're quoting, hey, this opposition that the world has to your deliverance, to your Messiah, linking Jesus Christ as, as the answer, the Messiah. Psalm 2 is a messianic psalm, so there's no question about what's going on here. It's kind of laid down right before them, and they bring it right back to God. You know, God, you wrote this. <laughs> See, I believe this is genius. I believe it's in the book, so we'll know how to better understand to do these things. But this is just—I'm sorry. This is genius. Their method of prayer was to use God's word to God. Now, just think about—yeah, there you go. That's uh, kind of laying it, laying it out there, right? And you think, well, isn't that manipulation? No, actually, we would call that obedience, and it would be awesome if people could do it. Here's the, the bottom line. you got to take it in context, which means you can't just use bits and pieces of Scripture at your pleasure to create your own theology and throw it back at God. That doesn't work. In the context of the psalm, I just want to make sure everybody knows what's going on. They're quoting back multiple, I think it's fair to say, multiple verses. Right? Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, against his Christ. The direct reference to this portion in the scripture is referenced 
in the prayer as a collective amount of verses. This is the fulfillment of that. This is what's taking place. The 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 kings of the earth, the people were plotting in vain. It doesn't matter. The rulers were gathered together against it. It doesn't matter. Remember Daniel 2. They're not going to stop the kingdom. The kingdom's going to grow. It doesn't matter. But this is how they prayed. Hey, you wrote this. <laughs> this is what's happening. Therefore, <laughs> that's the genius. And verse 20 says, It's truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Not talking about election in this particular teaching. We're not talking about predestination or foreknowledge. But we are saying this. There was a, a former TV guy who used to be a host on a former channel or a channel that used to be named after an animal that's sly. Uh, uh, you know, I don't even remember. Sly like a – okay. So anyway, on the Fox channel, Bill O'Reilly used to teach it. And he did this whole thing about killing Jesus, and his whole conclusion was the Romans did it. Like, what a dope. This is actually – no offense. That's exactly why. I shouldn't have called him a dope. He's dopey. Uh, that's exactly why Scalia told him that's not right. <laughs> By the way, Anthony Scalia told Bill O'Reilly he wasn't right. Here's why. Verse 27, truly against your holy servant whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. <laughs> In other words, he just indicted everybody, not somebody all the people, yep, the Romans, yes, and the Jews, and you, and me, and everybody else, it's our fault that Jesus had to die. We're the ones who are responsible, just in case you're ever wondering. So bottom line is, God determined to use Christ to give freedom for all of us, and the people were going nuts and going against it, and when the disciples were praying about it, they said, you wrote this, you said this was going to happen, it's happening, now we need that, we need your help. And that was the way to do it. I mean, it's, it's absolutely brilliant by, by its own method. It says, verse 29, it says, Now look at their threats and grant to your servants with all, that with all boldness they may speak your word. You know what they prayed for? They didn't pray to escape. I know it's a good theology because everybody wants to jump on a train that says bye-bye. But what they prayed for was the boldness to keep going. That's what they prayed for. Not the not the boldness to to sink away and you know be taken. They prayed for the boldness to move forward, even with the persecution. That was the early church, right? All right. Let's get to the trivia since I messed it up so poorly last time. We'll get it right this time. Philip preached to an Ethiopian eunuch on the road to Gaza, what was the Ethiopian's employment? He was the treasurer of the queen of Ethiopia. He was the treasurer of the queen of Ethiopia. Think of the person who runs the trust fund for the country. That is uh, what his job was. Influential? I would say so. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ 
and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Jonathan and David were closely knit, and David made a commitment to Jonathan, and Jonathan said, I, don't, I want you to make sure you're not going to take any kind of wrath or any kind of vengeance on my kids, on my family, on my uh, people, and David made that commitment. What I want you to get in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, is that Mephibosheth is an offspring of Jonathan, and he was crippled or he was lame. He couldn't walk properly. He couldn't, you know, function properly. He was at a tremendous disadvantage. And I remember when the preacher in North Phoenix Baptist Church looked at his audience, and just to give you an idea how big this church was, it, it, the, the auditorium seated like about 5,000. So it's like huge, right? And he looked at, he looks around at everybody. And then he says this. He said, you are Mephibosheth. And I was thinking, what? <laughs> what? And he goes, you. And, he, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, but he's just he's preaching. And he's a, oh, was he just one of the best preachers? You are Mephibosheth. You are lame and unable to walk without help. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Okay, let's get our next trivia question. You know what's amazing about shows like this? This is some of my favorite teaching. Is this terrible? It's terrible because sometimes I do the show and I know that the Lord wants me to kind of direct it in one way or another way. And then sometimes I just get to go blah, 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 blah. And I love the blah, 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 because they're fun. Well, if it's not fun for you, it's fun for me. I mean, it's terrible. I'm so selfish. Anyway, <laughs> here's your next trivia question. Who helped to restore Saul's sight? Remember, Saul, before he became Paul, was blinded, right? Who helped restore his sight? 
Okay, gotta think of, okay, Acts, and then you gotta go to where Paul had the experience where he had to run in with Jesus, where Jesus goes, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. By the way, the prick is a sharp stick with a point, and they used to, you know, use this to, to prod the cattle. They go, and then, then you have to, so it's like Jesus is like going, dude, you're, you're kicking, it's like kicking a porcupine. Like, this is not, this is not genius. We're not talking about steel-toed boots. Can I can I make that pretty clear? All right. Who helped to restore Saul's sight? That's the question that we're asking. The answer is going to be in, uh, of course, the book of Acts, for those that are trying to figure it out. And uh, the reality check on this is it's a one-word uh, name. You guys, maybe you can know it. If you know it, call in 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. As we get to talk to Captain Chris, you can also text in 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. We will also now direct you to the website because it's an important part for what we do because if we can't afford it, we can't do it. And stop. We don't have any problems. Look. We'll do it as long as we can, as far as we can, as deep as we can, as good as we can. As long as we can pay for it, because I can promise you Don won't go, here, keep it for free. Okay? So uh, we encourage you to check out hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, now I will tell you the new website will probably be, see how I said that really carefully? Probably be about three weeks away we'll we'll have the launch. We'll do what we call soft launch, and we'll really start talking about it, I think, uh, towards the end of the year. But more more in January we'll be like, oh, but I think it's looking pretty good. So uh, we're in the right direction, and we just want to thank the, the listeners and the people that have suggestions. This ministry is not... Uh, Oh, we're just going to do what this person says. We're just going to do whatever Dave says. Well, first of all, I am not that smart. Second of all, the, collectively, the people that listen to the show are much wiser and mu have much more insight, which is why if you want, hey, I'd like to have this, we had somebody suggest it would be nice to have cards written saying thank you, the old-fashioned cards. That's 100% correct. I think that's a it's so much nicer to get an actual card, but it's also nice to get an email from somebody if they haven't talked to you. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole process. So what I want you to be aware of is if you've got ideas or things, we love it. Share it with us. We're not. We don't take offense to that. I take offense when I need to separate space. I, this is not. A, I'm not taking offense to that. That was a bad joke, huh? <laughs> you guys asked for it. Uh, trivia question: Who helped to restore Saul's sight? Should be straight there in the Book of Acts. See if you can figure that out. In the meantime, let's do history. Let's go All right, today is uh, one of these I don't quite understand, so somebody's going to have to help me. This one I, makes total sense, National Apple Cider Day, okay? Which, I mean, I grew up uh, in, in Michigan, and we had the Franklin Cider Mill, 
which was uh, apple cider, you know, that we went through during school, like the school outings they used to do. I don't even know if they do those anymore. Uh, and in fact, that road, it was a steep road and it got iced and the bus went backwards. I remember that because you had everybody get off the bus. That was kind of a weird experience. But I like apple cider. It was good. And then they had donuts or what was it? It was, uh, it was, yeah, it was donuts and they were, they weren't the cinnamon kind though. They were more the plain kind. Uh, and then it's also push button phone day. I have no idea. <laughs> Most people now just say a word, say a name, and it gets done for them. And then use less stuff day. That's just generally a good idea because we always use a lot of stuff for whatever the case may be. On this day in 1307, according to legend, William Tell shoots an apple off of his son's head. Nineteen twenty-eight on this day, Mickey Mouse in Steamboat Willie. Back when uh, Disney was fun, remember that? Steamboat Willie, Disney's first cartoon, synchronized with sound, released with Mickey's voice, uh, provided by none other than Walt Disney himself. Okay, and by the way, the idea that he was anti-Semitic is absolute lie. So I'm just telling you, as a Jewish person, total lie. Nineteen seventy-eight, the Blues Brothers appeared for the first time on Saturday Night Live. For those who are old enough, you know it's funny. <laughs> Come on. And then, and I actually like this cartoon, so if you don't, I appreciate that, and I respect you, but try not to get too upset. Calvin and Hobbes, right? Is is that great? I love Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes. Bill Watterson's comic strip is first published, follows the antics of six-year-old Calvin and his stuffed Tigger Hobbes. Okay, there you go. Love it, right? All right. Uh, Back to the text, right? We cover that, we cover that, we cover that. Yeah, I do do some teaching. It does happen. All right, back into our test. Let's look. I want you to catch this. This is the part that I'm, oh, uh, we're on a mission. <laughs> we're on a mission, a mission from God. I mean, how is that not fun? Come on. People are just so uptight. It's like, dude. Okay. Uh, for, let's go back to verse 27. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 27. Uh, Truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you, know, you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles. How many people is that? All the non-Jewish people. <laughs> How many is that? All the non-Jewish people. And the people of Israel. Who's that? All the Jewish people. <laughs> You see how that's just encompassing? We're gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. God let this happen in order to fulfill greater purposes. That's what people can't stand. What do you mean he let this happen to fulfill greater purposes? God doesn't do what he does without cause. He doesn't allow what he allows without cause. Nothing happens to you without cause. God has a plan. He hasn't told you, and you haven't earned the right to know it, but he has a plan. You have a right to trust him. Verse uh, 28, to do whatever your hand, your purpose is determined before to be done. And I can spend like three years on that, so we're going to move into verse 29. Now look, look at their, Lord, look at their threats. So just as a praying person, you should know when you bring up what you're going through, it's okay. It's okay to say, look what they're doing. Look what this person said. But that's what these guys did. Look at their threats. And grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Instead of running away, instead of running away, I'm going to run away. Okay. They prayed for boldness, to be stronger in the faith, not weaker. 
They prayed that God would enable them to get through. Verse 30, by stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know what they you said? They said, let's go. Let's do this. Let's kingdom build. Let's make declarations. Let's have it happen. I mean, they were passionate. We want to speak the word of God boldly. We want to see miracles. I mean, that is the attitude. Not get us out of here. Where's the first flight out? We're out of here. Persecution's rising? Out the door. The early church, when persecution rose, prayed together, asked for boldness, and for the miraculous power of God to manifest. I mean, come on. It's a little different than what's going now on now in the church, where the church has effectively done a super job of whining a lot. The bottom line is you just ask the Lord. And even in your trial, your persecution, your tough time, you pray to the Lord and say, Make, give me the strength. You know, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Give me that power. Give me that determination. Give me that attitude. And let me see the miracle powers that come through the name of Jesus Christ open up in my life. And it's like, yes! Right? Can you thought I get excited about this? That's good. Do we have somebody ready to answer the trivia? All right, here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello, David. This is Joy Ann. Joy Hi. Ann. Oh, my goodness. The day after birthday, girl. <laughs> well, and I, I am so sorry. You know what? Cordelia and I, we make every effort not to miss your show. <laughs> it was so unusual to miss your show yesterday. I was helping a family member with medical. But I, I got to hear about your wonderful greeting. Thank you. And listen to it on the podcast. Oh, so beautiful. Glad. Oh, bless you. And, and guess what, David? What's that? Um, today is um, Cordelia's birthday, my twin sister. What? Where is she? Where is she? here with me. So, and, well, and she Cordelia, get that song trivia. out. Okay, <laughs> answer the trivia, and then we want to sing to Cordelia. Well, we're going to actually okay. have the chicken play the piano. So uh, oh. uh, go ahead and, and uh, answer the trivia question. What's the trivia question? Okay, well, here, I'm going to hand the phone to her. What's the Trivia oh, question. Okay, I, I said, is it Ananias? And Joe says, well, I'm not sure. Let's look it up. <laughs> that's, no, that's so it. Back, said, it is Ananias. So I'm sure it must be, is it Ananias? Yes, it I is. Bowser, Bowser, you guys are just killing. You're just doing fed. And Anias is how you'd say it. It's not really Ananias. It's Anias is, is how you would pronounce oh, it. But you, but you had okay. it. You, you okay. had it. You had it. But, but it's it's a birthday? It's a birthday? Today's my birthday. And yesterday was Joy's birthday. We're 16 hours apart. Oh, my God. That is amazing. They, they that had is trouble amazing. with me when, when I was being born. Yeah, they've had trouble with you <laughs> so for a while, huh? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just give me a hard time. All right, let's play that song. Here it is, From the Chicken. Birthday Cordelia. Fantastic. Oh, thank you. That's thank you awesome. So 
That's so, so good to hear from you guys. We love you guys so much. You guys are fantastic. We love you, David. All right. You guys. Can I just say one more thing? Sure. I love baklava. And yesterday was her birthday, and you said it's baklava day. That's right. Love it. And I used to love baklava. Oh, so good. Yummy. (laughs) Love it. I love it. All right. Good job, ladies. You are fantastic. Thank you for all you do to honor my twin sister and me. All right. God bless you guys. Okay. Bye. 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 All right. We're going to take our break. Was that fun or what? See, it's kind of like a family. Uh, oh, a family. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. But I want to get this specific scripture, and it's really important. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. It says this, Against all hope, Abraham in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it was said, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Hey, it was not an impossibility. God gave him a promise when he was 75. It didn't get to fulfilled until he was 100. 25 years between promise and fulfillment, God made sure he was good and dead before the promise came about so that when Isaac was born, everybody knew, it's amazing, it's a miracle. Exactly. And, and it wasn't that Abraham didn't know he was, ha- he was old. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 99 before the conception took place, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham went through this and turned around and yelled at God and complained. He gave glory to God. He knew God could do this. And he believed that the promise that God had given him was important. And he held on to that, even though facing the fact the circumstance was completely wiped out. Guess what? God showed up. I'm telling you right now, you can tell me all you want about circumstances and situations and your feelings and your processes, but I am telling you, when God shows up, according to Scripture and according to testimony, to the law and to the testimony, the Scripture says, to the prophets and to the testimony, here's what you got to be aware of. When God shows up, changes everything. And you're thinking, well, will that happen for Easton Scott? I hope so. But guess what? If my daughter spends her whole life believing and Easton's whole life believing that God can step in and this can change and that may yet happen, she's not done a bad thing. She's raised a child with this gracious hope. If God decides not to do that, instead of complaining about it, it's about giving glory to God, believing that he knows what is in our best interest, even when we don't understand And yes, I get it. There are tough things. I went through a a, a myriad of tough things, and I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Second of all, I'm surprised that the Lord brought me through any of them. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it anyway. Oh, well. 
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let me give a correction. The host was wrong. Of course I'm wrong. What do you I slipped in a bathroom and wounded my leg for two surgeries. How wrong did I be? Very wrong. Anyway, Cordelia said it was Ananias, and I said it's Anias, and it's like, nah, Anias is one translation. Ananias is like seven translations. So I think she's more right than I am. So I'm just going to say that. So I own it. See, she gets another birthday present. She got, she got that on me. That was a good one. Okay. I was like, wait, was that right? And then I started going in my brain about some of the other translations and like, nope, I'm wrong. Uh, which, like I said, is often the case. Let's get ready for the next trivia, though. So we are having fun. Uh, in Acts ch- chapter 12, who was it who had James the Apostle killed? Oh, Acts chapter 12. I mean, if you don't know, there's a book in front of you. The B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand by faith on the word of God. It's the B-I-B-L-E. Okay. So look up at that thing. There. Got that? Uh, We got that. What else do we have to cover? I must be missing something. I'm having way too much fun. Uh, This text will be, uh, oh, she's got so many cool things that are going to be happening. I'm very excited for people. Uh, Who is it who had the apostle James killed? Acts chapter 12 would be the place to look. Let's go back to the text because our time is pretty limited. Uh, on how we're going to do this. So we just finished off uh, verse 30 of Acts 4, by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They're just finishing their prayer. Do not forget what did they do. In, in verse 23 and 24, they, 23, they recounted what they went through. That was persecution. How did the church respond? The early church responded to persecution. They prayed together. What did they do when they prayed? They used God's word to talk to God. I love that. They used God's word and said, you wrote. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Remember, that word of the Lord stands forever. It's like, well, you wrote, so therefore, right? And uh, then they just, you know, they prayed, and instead of running away, they prayed for boldness. They prayed for the ability to speak the word. They they, they uh, just wanted the Lord to engage with them and strengthen them. They didn't want to run away from their purpose or for their cause. Now, I'm going to give you verse 31, and I'm going to really irritate a few Pentecostals. Now, I've already told you, I'm a Baptist. It's really hard to get mad at me about it. I'm one of you. I'm a Baptist. I'm one of you. So you can't get mad at me about it. Uh, Verse 31. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Okay. Now, first of all, that's just cool. Okay. And and this would be uh, more against the Baptist not getting it. See, they were, were, the whole place was shaken. You You can't, no. It's fair to say it wasn't just the people. It was the whole thing. It was like shaken. Like I was like going. And when God shows up, things shake. I don't care. You know, the shake and bake works all day long. <laughs> it's like that works totally. So they prayed. The place where they assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were what? Let's just say it again. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember Ephesians, fill, Ephesians 5, be filled, or Ephesians 4, 31, 32, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be what? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, how did they know they were filled with, filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, in Acts chapter 2, 4, they spoke in tongues. Here in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, they spoke the word of God boldly. 
So for everybody on the Pentecostal, it's just like, well, evidence that the Holy Spirit's there would be speaking in tongues, because that's how it was in 2.4. Yeah, but in 4.31, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God boldly. That would also be an evidence. So if you come across a person who speaks the Word of God boldly, but doesn't speak in tongues, you're going to tell me they're not filled with the Spirit? That doesn't make any sense at all. Drop that. That's oh, I'm going to defend my theological—oh, stop. Somebody's preaching the word of God that's not under the anointing? Have you lost your mind? Come on. The idea behind and then you should guys should know this. Somebody's speaking the word of God. They're just getting into it. They're just teaching. They're just rolling. It's like that person is filled with the Spirit. Just, just, just go like this. Stop trying to theologic God into a box. Go in here, God. Fit here. So when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. I love that. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. Filling of the Spirit resulted in speaking the word of God boldly. And it's important for you and I to be engaged with the word because that is us partnering with God in him filling us with his spirit and us speaking it boldly. The whole premise on this, though, that I want to key in on, I'm sorry, this is the part I can't get away from, is that when God responded, it shook. I just think that is like, and you think, well, that can't happen today. Are you? Are, do you know what's going on? I'm just curious. Remember when everybody was having a really hard time with Iran and Iraq, and you know, this was like about 20 years ago. Did you know there was a revival going on in Iraq when that was taking place? I'm just curious if, anybody, if people are aware of what's going. On. There was a huge move or a wave of the spirit where thousands of people were making a decision for Jesus Christ. God is not an American. God is the king of the universe, and he's doing stuff all over the planet. And he's still shaking and baking. <laughs> and I like bacon. Anyway, so the bottom line of that is, think of it in these terms. God shows up, the place shakes. Yeah. That's just that just seems like it. Sometimes you guys have been in church. Now don't just be honest. Sometimes you've been in church you're like going, "Wow, this is I don't want it to end." Ever had that happen? God is shaking the whole place. It's like, isn't that cool? Most people think of shaking. They think you got to be on like a whirly wind thingy in the what is it? In the the carnivals? What are the tilt a whirly kind of? It's like no, 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 we're not talking about. Here is the bottom line. They were under persecution. They prayed for help. They used God's word. They responded by praying, used God's word when they were praying to God to pray to God. They asked to be emboldened. They didn't try and run away from what their situation was. And God poured himself out. And wow, things really changed. God showed up and nobody missed it. Because when God shows up, you know. And that was the kind of faith that the early church had primarily because they weren't distracted from the mission. Well, what's the mission? To tell people about Jesus Christ and for those that receive, accept, surrender, acknowledge, or say yes, to help them become more like Jesus step by step. That's the mission. Not all the other—that's the mission.
The message will never change. How we deliver the message has changed for, I mean, I just can't, I mean, I, I just, now you can deliver the message online. There was, did you know that during the uh, COVID situation, there were, there was a larger amount of people that made a dedication to Jesus Christ online than ever before? It's like, you know, you think God's like going, oh no. Oh no, all we have are more people getting saved. <laughs> we got to get out of that, right? He knows what's going on. He's got it covered, right? And then you take this and you use this and use this in your own personal process. You're going through a really tough trial. It's very, very difficult. And many people are. The answer to that is to pray. You don't go to one another to complain, you go to one another to pray. So you can be praying together because the faith of two or three, two then the uh, two or three is much stronger than the faith of one. I mean, Jesus made that teaching pretty clear. And then you bring God's word to Him, not cherry picking, using it in context, and you ask to be that vessel to be used by Him to be more. Um, formed into the image of Christ while you're going through that process and ask him to pour out his power and then get ready because the things happen. Because God loves to demonstrate his power. It's a demonstration of his love. It's like, cool. I mean, that's just awesome, right? That's the way to go about it. And some of you need to recognize that's how you got to approach what you're going through. Okay? All right. Uh, back to the answer in regards to who killed the Apostle James in the book of Acts. That's going to be Herod. Uh, I think it's, is that, let's see, it's Herod Agrippa the first. I got to make sure. So just go with Herod or Herod Agrippa or Agrippa. Most of the time, if anybody asks you a question like that and you say Herod, you're going to be right. It's, it's more difficult when they get into the Agrippa levels. Okay. I'm just telling you. So get Agrippa. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love the show, but I don't care. All right, folks, <laughs> you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity of Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.